What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Common Sense with Dr. Ben Carson. Well, everybody, uh, welcome back to another episode of Common Sense. I'm Dr. Ben Carson. And uh, as I've been traveling around this great country of ours, I've been listening to people. And there's so much concern about what's going on in our country. And uh, how do we fix the problems? Or are the problems even worth fixing? And we have high inflation. People say there's a recession that's on the way. Um, stagflation is uh, on the horizon. People are worried about their savings accounts. People who wanted to retire are now saying, I can't retire. Um, people are paying exorbitant prices to fill their cars up and uh, just to buy basic groceries. People, babies can't find baby formula. I mean, the list goes on and on, and it's all sort of like self-inflicted injuries that, that we're facing. And the government doesn't really seem to have any good solutions. I mean, how do we actually fix these problems? But if you stop and think about it, is this country really about the government? Or is it about the people? And, you know, as I traveled around the country when I was running for president, to the smallest little hamlets in North Dakota, to tiny little communities in Alabama, what I discovered is that the people of our country actually, most of them have common sense. Not so much in Washington, D.C., but the people themselves have a lot of common sense. And one of the epitomes of common sense is my guest today, Phil Robertson, the patriarch of Duck Dynasty. I think uh, everybody's very familiar with him. You know, I was on, on your podcast a couple of weeks ago. We had a lot of fun talking about, you know, my recent book, uh, Created Equal, but uh, some of the other issues that are going on along. And I'm going to ask you the same question that you asked me. And that is, how do we make godliness something that's mainstream again in our country? How do we bring it back into our culture, or well, should we even try? Yeah. This, this particular structure where we're broadcasting here this afternoon, uh, it's, uh, it's where we launch from when we go to harvest ducks. We leave from here with the all-terrain vehicles and the mud starts flying and we go out there. But also, we harvest human beings. We reach out to them in a lot of different ways. Sometimes we get in a, the godly people here, we get in a situation where we think if we just go to church and, and you don't have but one day a week and that's all you have and the rest mm -hmm. of the week we are ambassadors Paul told the, 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 the second Corinthians 5 I think it is we're ambassadors 
as though God, his words, were making his appeal through us. Mm. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, said whichever, whichever day you meet on as a group, everyone needs to understand that our outreach has to be more serious than that. We need to let people see who we are every day of the week, 24-7. It's a, it's, a, it's a brutal world out there. But you're right. Common sense has flown away. <laughs> I never thought I'd, I'd live to see this kind of behavior. They're jumping up and down and squealing over whether they can kill their children or not. Unbelievable, isn't it? I'm shocked. Well, but something happened just very recently here uh, with the Supreme Court. Uh, what did you think about that? Well, everybody's jumping up and down, but I'm sitting here saying, well, if they get it down to the states, they can still abort. Mm -hmm. But anything was better than just having a government edict all the way to the yeah. top federal level where you can kill your children. Right. Well, you know, the United States of America has the most liberal policies of abortion of virtually anybody. Yeah. And uh, that's really quite disturbing. Listen to this. If you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth sets you free. They said, no, we're not slaves, anyone. Here's a group of individuals who are telling the Son of God who came down to remove their sin by dying on a cross. And they're saying they don't need that. So watch. They said, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you're determined to kill me. Mm. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You're doing the things your own, your own father does. You're like, so Jesus told this group, oh, you have a father, but he's not Abraham. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and now I'm here. Mm -hmm. I've not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. That's looking at our culture. In lieu of looking at our culture and what they want to do with their children. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning. Mm -hmm. so when you see murder, you say, who's behind that? But Jesus said, Satan is behind Absolutely. it. So when you look at those texts, you say, I had a college professor, Ben. I said, go back. I want you to look. He's a history professor. I said, you know a lot about history. You taught it for years in one of the universities up here. I said, I want you to find the oldest empire you can find, and I want to know all the rest of them, all the way to modern-day mm -hmm. United States of America, Russia, China. I, I want to see the whole thing, and I'd love for you to tap, give me that information. He sent me a big, thick pamphlet. Every one of them mm. leading up to modern day, and we're waiting to see how long they're going to last. Because, Ben, every one of them collapsed. Every single one of them mm -hmm. collapsed. They just rotted. And now you go to places, you look at what happened to Rome, and you visit, you like, just piles of rubble and mm -hmm. false gods, and you like, and their 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 value system deteriorated. It crumbled. It disappeared. Yep. Exactly the same thing that we see happening in our society today. And one of the key things is when we don't respect life anymore. Yep. And Proverbs twenty four, chapter twelve, it says, "There are those who are being taken to death. They're going to be killed." Did you say anything? Did you do anything? Your father above sees what you do. 
and he will hold you accountable. You know, we, we can't just say, I disagree with killing babies. We actually have a responsibility to speak up. Yep. And for all those people who are being drawn into death, as it says, and people who are helpless, the people who are victimized, you know, God does not expect us to just stand idly by and do nothing. It would be much easier, I must admit. Um, you know, when my tenure at HUD ended with the election in November of 2020, I said, wow, I can finally retire. I can relax. I can become a really good golfer. I can do all these things. But it didn't take many weeks of seeing the direction that we were going in before I said, I can't do that. In my opinion, Ben, it's not, although it will, it will embrace that, it's not a governmental fix. It's a spiritual fix. Mm -hmm. If they turn to God, yeah. if our people turn to God on their knees and repented, they were repented. And they Second embraced Chronicles 7.14, right? Yeah, and they embraced Jesus, you say, we would begin to heal. Yes, absolutely. But if and until they start that, it doesn't look good. But don't you think Hopefully it's a possibility? The time, huh? Don't you think it's a possibility? It's a possibility. Because I'm not ruling it out. You know, yeah. when, when, when they created our founding fathers, I read every one of them on what they had to say. They were very godly men. Oh, they were. You know, Adam said that our Made Constitution mistakes. was designed for a moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate for the governance of any other. Well said. Yeah, and I think he was right about that. And, you know, we went from a ragtag bunch of militiamen to the pinnacle of the world in record time. That was not a coincidence. No. It was because of the principles that we grasped. Now, that's not to say that we were perfect. We were not perfect because we have imperfect people, and imperfect people do imperfect things. Made some mistakes. But do you learn from your mistakes, or do you try to rewrite your mistakes and bury your mistakes and, and pull down your mistakes and rename your mistakes? Yep. You know, smart people learn from their mistakes and yep. move forward. Yep. So, the but, acts of the sinful nature are obvious, and the list is long. I tell you, a scary text I show people from time to time. Listen to this. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the Romans. They were at oh. their their pinnacle, at their height. Uh, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, mm -hmm. God gave them Strong. over to a depraved mind yes. to do what ought not to be done. They become filled in the list, being it's oh, the it's scariest horrible, read. Isn't it? Oh. <laughs> They're filled full of murder, envy, strife, malice, deceit. You know, they invent ways of doing evil, mm -hmm. senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Well, you, mm -hmm. well, I'm looking around, I'm thinking, man, when was that written? Yeah. Said, That's a couple thousand years ago by the Apostle Paul. I said, nothing has changed. All of it's going on right now. But you were an educator at one time, is that correct? Yep. And I majored in education at Louisiana Tech. Yeah. Well, what do you think about what's going on in our education system today? The good news was none of this woke crowd stuff, you know, none of it was around. I was there, I'd say, 60, 62, 3, 64 through about 1970. It's when I was educated. Just when they started pushing God out of school. That's when they started t taking him in out. So now it's been almost 60 years with no God. How's that working out for us? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really a sad thing to watch. It is. These people are very, very serious. I read that text in John 8 a while ago. They had a father and his name was the devil. And you're like, oh, yeah, here's some religious nut that thinks there's there's the devil and Jesus was really a really a real person. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yep, that's, that's me. That's what I believe. Well, the devil would love for you not to believe in him. And, and therefore he gets these people to say, it's a little red man with horns and a tail and walk around the fort. Yeah. Something that's really pretty unbelievable. When in fact, you know, the descriptions that we have in the Bible, 
quite a very sophisticated angel of light um, and able to disguise himself in many different ways. And the forces of evil are incredibly uh, rampant right now, just like the forces of good are rampant. And there is God who represents goodness and Satan who represents evil. That is correct. And they're not going anywhere. And, and you know, if you think that your enemy doesn't exist, you have given him a tremendous advantage. The fruit of the Spirit is love. You come to Jesus, God gives you his Holy Spirit, and you live by faith, and you will see love, joy, joy, peace, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Mm -hmm. Against such things, there is no law. Yeah. But for the life of me, it's like pulling teeth to talk, to get people to turn. But for everyone who turns, and the, the, the 50 that left, but for everyone who turns, that's what motivates us. Yeah. Well, you know, interestingly enough, when you look at the, the consequences of removing God and morality. It, you know, we have a whole bunch of people talking about these mass murders that occur. Yep. And we got to get rid of the AR-15s or the whatever other type of gun. We got to get rid of these things. And it's not the gun that kills people. That's right. It is the people who need to have a change of heart. Yep. They need to love of man and respect. And if we don't teach that to people, we we start in the earliest grades now disrespecting people and driving wedges between people. You know, and they're telling little white kids that they're oppressors and that their families are oppressors little black kids and, and minorities that they're victims, that the system is stacked against them. And you're always talking about how other people are evil. You grow up in that environment and you grow up without a close family structure and people to discuss things with you and give you a sense of right and wrong and morality and faith. The only thing that amazes me is that we don't have more of these people. <laughs> that's that's what they're fast fading, <laughs> and uh, you know, there our 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 society is uh, falling apart very quickly. Also, the Marxists, those who want to change our society, they know that you have to get to the children, and you have to get to them early. It was Vladimir Lenin who said, give me your children to teach for four years and the seed that I sow will never be uprooted. Yep. And that's why they're so anxious to get into our schools and to indoctrinate our kids. And we have to understand what they're doing. I can't even, and I was, as you say, an educator. I taught school four or five years and I finally said, you know, I'll top out probably at about 35, 40,000. I told Miss Kay, I said, I think I can beat that. So I said, here's what my plan is. I said, well, I'll fish the river and sell the catfish and the buffalo and the gar. I said, I'll knock out two, 250 a week. I said, 1000 a month, we'll make it. I said, we won't be wealthy now. I said, but at the same time that's going on, fishing so I can survive, I said, I reached in my pocket and I said, do you see that duck call right there? And she said, yeah. I said, that's the best duck call there is. <laughs> I said, I made that. I said, so I want to get that on the market while I'm fishing. I said, if you do that, honey, you'll have that long green in your pocket. I said, what about it? She's looking at me, you know, she said, let's do it. I said, find me a place on the riverbank where I can chase these ducks. And I said, Life will be good. Our first year in sales, Ben, was $8,230 or something like that. Mm. $8,000. I said, Miss Kay, we are rolling. <laughs> she said, we're going to starve. I said, no, we're not. 13000 
22,000 year three, 5284, and it just started on a trajectory. Mm-hmm. And, and when it hit 2014, which was about 30 years, they called me up and said, come up here. Dad, they want you to go up there and sign your one millionth duck call you sold this year. <laughs> I said, well, there's more people buying duck calls than, than there are hunters, <laughs> duck hunters. I said, well, who's buying them? And they said, usually the, the money can be found in the women's purses. They're buying the duck calls for their children. <laughs> I said, boy, we got a deal going here. Hey. And that's how we just, it, that, that's the American way. Praise the Lord. Uh, you just patiently keep up and hard. Make it your ambition, Paul told the Thessalonians, to live a quiet life, to mind your own business, mm-hmm. to work hard with your hands like we told you, so your daily life will win the respect of outsiders. And this is a beautiful verse, and I've lived by that code, so that you're not dependent on anybody. Absolutely. So now you say, do you owe anybody any money? I said, not a dime. Mm-hmm. Nope. Well, your hard work was part of it. Faith in God. God blessed it. I Before I came to Jesus, oh, just a just pathetic, getting high, getting drunk, getting laid, falling around. Well, I want to come back to that in a minute. We need to pause uh, for a quick break, and we'll be right back with this incredible man. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we're back with Common Sense. And do you know anybody with more common sense than Phil Robertson? And uh, I want to just ask you a little bit about your journey. You say before you found Christ, you were a rank heathen. That's it. What, uh, what happened? My sister talked to a preacher, and I owned, I was running, leasing a beer joint. Whites in the front, blacks in the back is the way they had it set up. Mm. And this was about in the 70s, Mm. so early 70s, late 60s, early 70s, right after I left educated. So I'm in this bar, and that's where it started. My sister told some preacher, if you convert that guy, my brother, she said, you convert him, he'll convert thousands. Mm. And the preacher said, are you serious? She Mm. said, you need to get him. So she kept on so he comes up to the beer joint i run him off mistreat him but when i came down there one day and i said you know what i'm like a dog chasing his tail mm. i said there's got to be something better than this i said get hold of that preacher miss Kay. let me i ran her all ran the kids all so it all came together when i turned my life over to jesus i knew my sins were forgiven and i had a lot and the guarantee of the resurrection, I said, how did I miss that? I said, I've got a couple of degrees. 
I never heard anybody say anything about Jesus, not one word. Mm. During my whole college career, I never heard the word Jesus. Really? Not once. Mm. It was just out of the out of the equation. So I turned when I was 28. Several things being I never got around to purchasing. And the, one of them was a ring. Another one is a watch mm. nor a cell phone. So where did I go wrong? <laughs> nor a suit. Mm. I'd have worn my suit if I if I'd have You got through college without a suit? Went through they my the football coach, they bought us one. Mm. I didn't buy it, but they bought one. I don't know what happened to it. Mm. That was my, my tenure with the suit. I just decided I'm gonna be fishing for a living and building duck calls. I just certain things I don't need. So I just didn't fool with them. Mm. Well, that was a pretty traumatic uh, change. Now, you know, you, you've had to deal with the Hollywood set, and they tend to be extremely secular. Um, don't want anything to do with God or sense of morality. Um, how do you manage to associate in a cordial way with such people? All scripture is God-breathed. Mm -hmm. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and, and training and righteousness. so the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So no matter what they think, their reaction to me, faith comes from hearing the message. Mm -hmm. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. Right. So I just preach the gospel. I don't hate them when they turn on me. They tried to cancel me seven, eight, about six, seven, eight, about eight years ago. Mm. They asked me a question about a sexual sin. I said, I just quoted 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. It's got a list there of 10 sins. Right. Well, that particular sexual sin was there. So I just gave him a Bible verse. I said, check that out. But unless you believe in God and what he said, uh, you'll be all over the map on straightening your life out. We, we, I'm glad he wrote all this down for us yes. because he's made it easy for us. Mm. Well, all the success that you've had with, with Duck Dynasty over 20 years, um, how has it changed your life? The menu has changed the most. Because when you're making 200, 250 a week and you're fishing for a living, mm -hmm. trust me, Ben, you eat a lot of fish. <laughs> <laughs> so the menu picked up substantially once once I, I got on the right track. Mm -hmm. But uh, So I just reach out to others. I never hold it against them if they curse me or whatever. They can say what they want to. It doesn't bother me at all. Mm. Jesus said, you know, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. He said, but I'm telling you to love your enemies and be kind to the ones who persecute you. That flies in the face of man logic. But look, I don't hold it against them. They cuss me, carry on, and or some other. I'm just like, I just point them to Jesus, get the good news to them. Mm -hmm. And if God wants them, he'll save them. I'm just a conduit, and I have a job, but I, but but I don't hate anybody. If they say get that Bible out of my face, I said, okay, have a good day. Yeah, it's so much easier uh, to love people than to hate people, isn't it? Very much so, Ben. <laughs> to carry that those grudges around and oh, oh my goodness, it requires too much energy for me. And I'm looking at Jesus, and I'm like, how in the world did he ever take all that? They've beaten him to a pup and spiked him up to a tree. He looks down, and his final words are, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Well, when I read that as a young Christian getting on my feet, I thought to myself, I said, I have a long way to go with this. But it does work. It does. Well, you know, when I think about what's happening in our in our country today, and I see so many people suffering, and it's all self-inflicted stuff. 
I think that, that we are ripe for a revival. There's been four revivals in our country. What I want to see, Ben, is that God bless them all. I love them. But we still have on our mind where we meet, it's about 50-50 black and white. Mm -hmm. I said, what's this thing about white churches and black churches? What are we doing? I said, we need to come together Absolutely. to worship God. I said, I said, we're still up to that separation thing. And I, for the life of me, I said, what in the world would have yeah. to be done for us to come together as a people? So I think we need to start there and, and all the churches need to remember, we need to come together. Well, there... And if we did it when we're worshiping God, I always said, when you eat together and when you worship together, that's when you're together. Well, you know, I, I, I once heard someone say, I really like you black people. And when we get to heaven, I'm going to come over to the black side. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, you, you think about it, you say, we're still sitting here in 2022 with white churches and black churches. I said, we, we, we have to get past that. We just have to get past it. I'm not a rocket scientist on how to do it, yeah. but I'm just saying, come on, give me a break. Well, you know, as a, as a brain surgeon, I can tell you, when I cut that scalp and peel it back and take off the bone and open the dura, you're operating on a thing that makes a person who they are. It's their brain. It's not their skin. It's not their hair. It's not the shape of their nose. That is such a superficial characteristic. It means absolutely nothing. We had a, we had a brother up here. He works with the SWAT team law enforcement. And when I first started going up there, I volunteered to go over there, you know, because it had dwindled down to nothing. So I said, I said, I'll go over there free of charge. They don't have to pay me anything. We don't pass the plate there. If you want to put some in the back, but no money is shifting hand. I said, we don't need to do that. So that SWAT man, that policeman said, Field, he said, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but we've arrested a large percentage of your congregation. I mm. said, that's why we're here. That's mm. why we're here. They're sinners. <laughs> well, you you have a, a new book called Uncanceled, Finding Meaning and Peace in a Culture of Accusations, Shame, and Condemnation. What do you think is the solution to cancel culture? In him... This is Colossians chapter 2 by verse 11. You are also circumcised, and someone says, Yow, in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, raised with him through your faith and the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code. You're like, we sin when we get old enough to know better. Children are safe. And we sin when we get in early teenage years, whenever it comes our way, and we're guilty as charged, and we are canceled. We come to Jesus. And he cancels that written code because you say you could, uh, if you, whoever keeps the whole law and just stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Therefore, Jesus canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us. It stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. We were, none of us have ever kept the law of Moses, perfectly. Nor indeed can. Or can. He comes along, the one who wrote it, keeps it, and dies to get us out from under it. Yes. It's the greatest thing that ever happened on well, the human race. It's, it's the good news, isn't it? Oh, big time. But, you know, a, a lot of people don't really understand. They don't understand that you can't earn salvation. That's right. It is a gift of God. It That's is right. His grace. Grace is and a wonderful thing. It's because he loves us. But 
also we need to understand that when you accept that grace and when you accept a relationship with him, it changes who you are. I mean. You you no longer have a desire to, to do mean things. You're not going to be out there canceling people. That's right. You're not going to be lying, stealing, cheating. You're not doing any of that stuff. That's right. Because you have respect for God and you have respect for your fellow man and yep. you have love for them. And that's why Jesus said, you know, you can take it all and you sum it up into two things. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. And if you do that, you're not going to be doing all this stuff. <laughs> it's as simple as that. It really is. Something so simple, but profound. Yeah. Profound. Well, you know, I'm I'm very hopeful that that our nation will see all the things that are going on right now and seeing where it's taking us, you know, drag queens in schools in front of little children and, uh, you know, trying to confuse children about their gender. Sad, sad. And just being hateful and canceling people and trying to hurt them and trying to hurt their families. I mean, how in the world can any of this lead to a good place? Killing innocent little babies and just being totally illogical because why is it that you get two counts of murder if you murder a pregnant woman, but you can kill babies ad hominem with no problem? I told somebody, Ben, when they said, are you mad? I said, I'm not mad. I'm sad. That, that's, that's my feeling, looking at this great country. I'm more sad than mad. So I reach out to my neighbor and point him to Jesus. If we'd all come together under Jesus, we'd be, it'd be a lot better, a lot better shape. Well, you know, when, uh, when Alexis de Tocqueville came to America in 1831 to study our country because the Europeans could not understand how this fledgling nation, barely 50 years old, was already competing with them on virtually every level. That's impossible. You can't do that. So what the heck was going on over here? And he came and, you know, he looked at our system of government and was very impressed with the checks and balances. And then he looked at our business and was very impressed with the free market and how it encouraged entrepreneurship and innovation. And he looked at our educational system, and he was blown away by how much our our people were educated. You know, you could find a mountain man, and the guy could read. Yeah. And the kids were trained with biblical uh, truths. Yep. From a very early age. Yep. And. They have something called an exit exam. If you can find a sixth grade exit exam from the mid-1800s, you'd be blown away by what kids were expected to know. Yep. And yet, what happens today? You've seen some of these man-on-the-street interviews when they go and just ask people simple questions like, uh, who was fighting in the Civil War? <laughs> And they'll say, uh, 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 was, it, was it France and Spain? I mean, they just don't know anything. It's sad. But the thing that impressed the Tocqueville the most were the churches. He came and he listened to those incredible sermons in the church that gave a ragtag bunch of militiamen the courage, the fortitude to defeat the most powerful military force on earth. And gave the people a sense of right and wrong, and a sense of morality, a sense of caring about your neighbor. Those, those are the things that really distinguished our nation from others. And I think the last thing we need to be doing is trying to be like everybody else. That's right. Everybody else is not this nation. That's everybody right. else did not have our meteoric rise. They need to be trying to be like us. We don't need to be trying to be like them. Yep, you got it right. Yeah, I read your book, and I thought it was outstanding. Oh, well, Great thank book. you. 
Well, it was it was the good Lord. It was inspired by him. And, you know, we've got to get the American people to recognize yep. that we are not each other's enemies. That's right. And the people who are the enemies are the ones who are manipulating us, trying to make us think that we, in fact, are enemies. But uh, we have to take another quick break, and we'll be right back with Phil Robertson. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Second Amendment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back again with uh, more Common Sense with our uh, guest, Phil Robertson. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the Second Amendment and a lot of talk about guns, rifles, the types of armaments that are available to people in our country. And uh, some people have said, you don't need a powerful rifle to go duck hunting. But is the Second Amendment about duck hunting? Or what do you think the Second Amendment was really there for? You know, if you look at it, someone says we need more laws in order to take away the Second Amendment. We need we just we just need to get rid of we need more laws. The law of Moses was given, and commandment number five was, children, obey your father and mother. The next one says, do uh, not murder. Right. Gunpowder wasn't invented until about 1200 AD, mm. 800 years ago. The law of Moses was written 3,000 years ago. Mm. We have the laws. Way before gunpowder was, inv was invented, you say, well, if God had to tell the human race, don't murder, evidently they're doing it with something other than a firearm. Mm. You say sticks, clubs, rocks, spears, arrows. Right. You're like, it was a slaughterhouse. Mm -hmm. Well, you fast forward 3,000 years and, and we're way past all that, but not really because John the Apostle, listen to this. He said, do not be like Cain, as far as I can tell, being the first murder ever committed is in the Bible in 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. This is a message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain. I mean, there's just a couple, four or five people on planet Earth. You're <laughs> like, don't be like Cain. Listen to the way this is worded. Who belonged to the evil one, mm -hmm. uh-oh, and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Mm. So to answer your question, there was a lot of murdering going on way before fake firearms even came on the scene. You were correct in your assessment earlier in this interview. You say, uh, it's the person. Right. He, 
and 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 the term belonged to the evil one is a strong one in other words make sure you belong to jesus christ the father son and holy spirit live by him because if it's not him the only one that left is satan right you with a firearm become a dangerous dangerous person and you know there there were god's people throughout the bible particularly in the old testament david and his men yeah uh who did have to face evil and uh use armaments to do so yeah appropriately had to protect themselves people had to protect their families and really that's what the amendment is about be able to protect yourself that's right and um you know, you're not going to be able to protect yourself with a pea shooter. Uh, so you really need something substantial. And at the time the Second Amendment was written, what were the weapons that people had? They had muskets. Uh, and basically they were saying the people have a right to have muskets, just like ben, the government has yeah, a right to have a musket. I don't even take a leak in my yard, and I live at the end of the road over here. We'll go to the woods tomorrow, and I'll show you. You say, will you be armed when you go there? Of course I'll be armed. I mean, I've had people come up, you know, and I get letters, you know, yeah. threatening whatever, whatever, you know, death threats. So I'm having it, has it as a weapon to defend myself love always protects mm -hmm. so my wife miss k your woman you're like oh no we're gonna have some protection for her we absolutely have to. well i'm looking forward to uh you showing me how to use some of that weaponry yeah <laughs> we'll go over there we'll go over there and take a ride through the woods tomorrow and you you may say you know what i need to get me a big scope of woods and camp out there it's a good <laughs> retreat ben yeah it's quiet wonderful but I must say that I, I always would prefer a nonviolent method of settling you bet. scores. And I'm sure you would too. And, yeah. and certainly that is what Jesus advocated. I'd much rather have a Bible study with them. Absolutely. That probably would be a, a lot more powerful and impactful, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right. Well, you know, this has been an absolutely fascinating uh talk that we've had with uh, phil robertson today and we'll be back with some closing thoughts and maybe a mission for you in just a moment okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. You know, as a nation, we find ourselves in some very challenging times right now. And some people are starting to give up. Obviously, it's not time to give up. It's time to educate yourself, to fortify yourself, to have faith again, to recognize that that was one of the things that distinguished us from everyone else. And it's not something for us to run away from. It's something for us to grasp. And those Judeo-Christian values of loving your neighbor, of respecting life, of helping the helpless, those are things that have characterized us in the past. 
and that have made us into a great nation. And we cannot let that depart from us at this stage of the game. The United States is such a special place. I mean, think about the fact that the way that we grew up, both you and I, we never would have thought that you would be here today, a man who had his own TV show, and that I would be interviewing a kid that grew up in inner city Detroit with his own podcast. And yet, America continues to be a land of opportunity. Yep. And the thing that we have in common the most is our faith. Yep. And that is what draws us together. It gives us the commonality and the ability to fight this fight that we need to fight in order to save our nation. You bet you. And the Lord gives all of us an opportunity to participate in that. And I have a prescription for all of you out there right now. I want you to write down a goal that you think is unobtainable. No matter how hard you work, you think you're not going to get it in your wildest dreams. And take that goal and tape it onto your mirror. And look at it. Each day when you wake up, it'll be the first thing you see. Each night when you go to bed, it'll be the last thing you see. Think about it. And think about how you reach that goal. What is available to you to reach that goal? Let that, along with a reverence for life and faith in God, be the thing that will help you to achieve that goal. And I want to thank Phil Robertson for joining us today, for sharing your life and your wisdom, your common sense. Thanks for having me. It's not common, by the way. <laughs> and you know, I, I learned this, notoriety is a bummer. I know what you mean. <laughs> I do, but you've worn it. You've worn it well. And to all the freedom-loving patriots out there, let's continue to work together to save our great nation for those who are coming after us. I want you to make sure that you subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, so that you never miss a single episode. And make sure you rate us and tell your friends and your neighbors and your family, because we all need to be engaged together in saving our great nation. And until next week, Please treasure the cornerstones of faith, liberty, community, and life. <laughs>